0: Welcome to Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership, where we dive into the data and analytics influencing the region's economy. Today is Thursday, September 2nd, I'm your host, AJ Mastretta, and I'm joined once again today by Partnership Senior Vice President of Research, Patrick Jankowski. In this episode, we're going to talk about the dynamics of the residential markets in the Houston region. What is the current state of the housing and apartment scene, and what factors are affecting their immediate future? Patrick, thanks for joining me today.
1: Hey AJ, it's good to, to be online with you again, and it's good to be talking to people out there in Podcastville.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Patrick, let's start by looking at single-family home sales. We saw a market almost on fire last year. What do sales volume numbers tell us so far this year?
1: Let, let, me, let me branch out just a little bit, but talk about home sales in general. They are soaring. We have not had a, a seven-month period this strong, and I don't know when. I mean, we've, we have sold 75,000 single-family, multifamily, condos, townhomes in the first seven months of this year. We have not had a January to July period like that ever on record. It's just absolutely phenomenal.
0: Okay, but at the same time demand has grown, supply chain issues have persisted. How is that actually impacting the market?
1: The new home builders are really struggling right now. There is a shortage of lumber, there's a shortage of labor, there's a shortage of appliances, shortages of cabinetry, and probably the biggest thing that's affecting right now is a shortage of vacant lots. You have to have some place to build a house and there's just not enough vacant lots out there.
0: Got it. So what we're seeing is uh, people want those homes, there, there, there's a market for those homes, but yet uh, the supply side, the the builders themselves are facing restrictions. They're facing on, on, across the board, whether it's materials or the space to actually build.
1: Well, think about you have to have some place to put a house. Uh, it starts out as a piece of raw land. It's either pasture land or forest or, or something of that nature. It, it's sold to a, a developer. It takes the developer eighteen to twenty four months to put the roads in, to put the sewers in to put the power lines in, to, 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 to build it out. During the pandemic, all that work stopped early on. There was no lots being developed. And so when we came out of the pandemic, we came out great gangbusters, and we have still not been able to catch up with the supply of lots that we need. I mean, if you think about it, over the last 12 months, the builders have, have absorbed about 42, 43,000 lots. But in the last 12 months, we've only built 33,000 lots, or or developed 33,000 lots. So it tells you that supply is getting shorter and shorter. You don't think of land as being part of the supply chain, but in this case, it is. It's the first element in getting a home built. In a normal market, we should have a 20 to 24-month supply of lots, meaning at the rate we're building, you'd absorb all those in 24 months. Right now, we only have a a 10.5-month supply of lots. It is the tightest lot supply have ever seen in Houston's history.
0: It's really interesting, and you know, uh, I live in the East Side, and what I'm seeing is a lot more infill development uh, of late. Probably a lot to do with the reasons that you cited. Developers who may have gone to the outskirts or been looking at, at, at raw spaces are increasingly, perhaps, looking at uh, developing vacant lots in inside the Loop or inside the Beltway or what have you, in spaces where they can find availability. Right. So perhaps that may not have been as advantageous because they weren't able to build you know, large tracts. But now they're looking at those smaller projects because the, the demand is there and they can locate land.
1: And you're actually looking at two kind of different product types. When you're The infield building that you're talking about is definitely going on, but you're looking at buying up a block of land and, and putting maybe 10, 12, maybe you're like 20 townhomes on it. The developers out in the suburbs, they want to have a large enough pay, pay place of, piece of land where they might be able to put 1,000 houses or 2,000 houses on it. There's also a big difference in that in, in the inner city or inside the loop or even inside the beltway, housing prices tend to be a lot more expensive outside the beltway or even outside Highway, highway 6, I'm going to say Highway 99 to the Grand Parkway, uh, they tend to be less expensive. There's a, a sweet spot in the Houston new home market, and that's to try to sell a house between $200,000 and $400,000. And and that seems to be what the developers have been able to, to, to do the best with. But you can only build those sort of houses out in the suburbs where the land is more affordable. Land's just too expensive inside the 610 or inside the Beltway 8.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So what is all this doing to the value of Houston area homes?
1: Oh, gosh. Supply and demand, supply and demand. When the supply is tight and the demand is high, prices are going to go up. We've seen prices just go up, just absolutely phenomenally, Uh, since July of 2018 to July of 2021. We've seen the price of a a single-family home go up $73,000. I mean, it's gone up 31.2%. Yeah, there's a decimal point, (laughs) but it's just. And and the concern about that is, is it's going to start pricing people out of the market. People are, are, we're already hearing from the developers out there that the traffic has slowed just a little bit and some people are are backing off because they can't afford those high prices anymore Uh, if you look at just over the last year the average price listed of of a home listed to the houston association of realtors has gone up 15 percent in a normal market it would be going up three to four percent
0: got it so really if you're if you're a current owner that's good for your value you know, in terms of you know, long-term trajectory and, and what you may be able to get for your home in time. But of course, if you're looking for a home right now, uh, it's a lot more expensive than it was a year ago, two years ago, uh, when, you're, when you're actually in the market.
1: If you're, if you're currently a homeowner, you're in the house, you've got a, a fixed rate mortgage, you should be doing just fine. Where you're going to see the increase, though, is in your taxes. As Mm. as housing goes up in general, even if your house will grow up in value, you'll be paying a little bit higher taxes on it, but it is making it more difficult and that's one of my concerns is that Houston's always been known as an affordable city. And a lot of affordability has been based on reasonably priced housing and we're kind of getting out of that that arena right now, it is a real concern.
0: Let's switch gears to the multifamily market, often otherwise known as you know apartments. We've talked before about just how much new product is under construction, rental product but is it getting absorbed as it comes online
1: A j if you would have talked to me three years ago, you would have known that I was just I was just beating up the apartment market. I was telling this developer, stop building, stop building. We have too many apartments. And that's when we saw the, the occupancy rate drop down uh, into, the, into the, the mid to upper 80s. Uh, this last year, we have seen the best 12 months of absorption on record. Uh, over the last 12 months, 12 months, ending in July, uh, we absorbed almost 31,000 units. Hmm. That That is almost three times. And in, in a good year, we might absorb 12,000, 13,000. But this is just a phenomenal level of absorption out there, and uh, it's definitely helped uh, out the landlords, not not the tenants though.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so uh, when you see that, you know for folks that are coming into the market or that are that are looking for opportunities, we're seeing their rents actually go up significantly. It, that, that it
1: gets back to a little bit like we talked about with how, uh, single family housing. If you're in an apartment now, you're doing fine, but once your lease comes up for renewal, it's very likely that the rent's going to go up significantly. Uh, if you look out there, if you look at the class A units, you know the the newest stuff, the the stuff with the nicest amenities, the nicest finishes, uh, the rent has gone up uh, over the over the last seven months. I mean just since the first the year rent has gone up almost two hundred dollars on a Class A unit. And so when it comes time to renew, you're going to end up paying an extra $200 a month. Class B units, uh, they're not quite as nice as the Class A, but still fairly decent. Uh, Those rents have gone up about 90 bucks since the first of the year.
0: But Patrick, you know, we we talk about having recouped less than 60% of the jobs we lost at the height of the pandemic. So it makes one wonder what is actually driving the demand in the multifamily market right now.
1: Well, you, you talk to some of the people out there and it is a bit of a head scratcher for us to have uh, the best absorption on record and some fairly weak job growth. Uh, there are several things that, that it looks like are driving this demand for multifamily for apartments. One is the, the escalating single-family home prices. People are getting priced out of the home market and so they're having to move into a, a nicer uh, apartment or, or stay in an apartment. You had roommates that were together all throughout the pandemic and Kind of got tired of being on top of each other and they decided to split up and so rather than having one apartment with two roommates you've got two different people running two different apartments and not just a single bedroom a two bedroom because they want one bedroom to live in and the other bedroom to be their home office uh the rent uh, moratorium i say rent moratorium i should say the eviction moratorium that the center for disease control had out there prevented people from moving out who probably should have moved out moved in with family or friends and that's kind of keeping the occupancy levels up and I suspect maybe in migration, there are probably more people moving to Houston now than is actually being reported by the Census Bureau. So it's a combination of factors.
0: Okay. So the natural question is, you know, when do you see things slowing down, or will this boom actually continue for the foreseeable future?
1: Look at housing, it's going to be really tight for the next 12 to 18 months. Mm. Uh, looking at that, we are hearing reports from some of the developers that, that, are, that they're seeing some pushback from buyers. So that's maybe the first sign, but it'll take a while for that to fully play out. The big issue with the housing is with the single-family housing is the lack of lots. With multifamily, uh, it's going to turn maybe quicker than we thought because once with the CDC control, Center for Disease, the CDC, excuse me, I'm stumbling over my tongue this morning, guys. The CDC, since they can no longer impose that, that moratorium on evictions, you'll probably start to see some more evictions and uh, you'll probably see the occupancy rate fall just a little bit, but the occupancy rate is still going to stay high. It's still going to be a a landlord's market more than a tenant's market for at least the next twelve months, at least as well.
0: Okay, this is great information, and again, it gives pers- people perspective who are either. Looking for a home right now, uh, and debating their options for purchasing, or perhaps just considering whether or not they should be in, in the rental market for for a bit longer. And as you mentioned, some folks who are perhaps selling their home, seeing that there's value there, and moving into the the, the multifamily market, or the apartment market, thinking, hey, you know, I'm just going to bide my time and then find something later on. But I'm going to bank on this this demand right now and in the market.
1: AJ, you hit it on. We are hearing stories of people who are selling and it's moving into a, a, an apartment and staying there waiting for something to become available in the single family market.
0: Got it. Patrick, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. AJ,
1: it's a pleasure. And as always, I hope our listeners out there are getting some information that they can use.
0: Awesome. And that's it for this episode of the Bayou Business Download. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so via your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting the podcast page at houston.org. There you'll also find links to recent data and news updates and learn how you can get more involved in the work of the partnership to make a difference in Houston. Thanks again for listening to Bayou Business Download.